What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of your Toronto Maple Leafs? I'm Anthony Hefe, joined almost as almost always with Mr. Ball Walker. What's up, baby? Hey, man. Good to be here with you. Typical Leaf talk. Excited. Yeah, there we go. Alcohol to ease the pain. It's been yep. uh, it's been uh, so so. It's been really weird, hasn't it? I'm just going to pour a little shot of tequila for our Mexican-American all-star, Mr. Austin Matthews, and probably <laughs> yeah. winner of the Hart Trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Best odds in the NHL right now. Yeah, definitely. There we go. Beautiful. Oh, there's the face. And that's yeah. how we start an episode here, folks. New. If, if you're a Leaf fan, you know what that, you know what that feels like. Damn. Bah. It's been a real interesting couple weeks away. Yeah. I mean, we text all the time, but it's been a couple weeks away from talking Leaf Talk for the nation to listen to. Let's get into it. A lot to cover. Um, off the hop, how does it feel to be a Leaf fan right now? Uh, oh, okay. There, there's some serious concerns, and I think that's just scars from history, but uh, we're going to get into them later, kind of the bug, goalie situations, what have you, spoiler alert. But yeah, you know yeah. what? We're in the playoffs. We're right there. I mean, Boston's kind of competing with us in the standings for that third place. We currently have third. What's our record? It's 42, 19, and five. Yeah, We're third in that. So you know what? We're in a playoff spot. I mean, this team is pretty much on our record point pace. We're going to have our only, what, fourth 50-goal score pretty much in our team's 100-year history. Uh, it's just that looming shadow that we call the first round of the playoffs, man. It comes closer and closer. I agree. I mean, since our last recording, you know, like the, the not last month's recording, but the recording before that, we kind of did a little game. Like we have 10 games before the end of the month. Let's yeah, kind of yeah. predict what the numbers were going to be. We said eight and two or seven and three, and it turned out to be seven and three. Since the last recording, the Leafs have, the last time we hit record uh, up to tonight, there's a game going on right now against Wienerpeg, um, uh, tied 3-3. And, um, you know, we, uh, we, it's interesting because the Leafs since our last recording are seven, three and one, almost a dead ends close to what we were. And we were bragging about that. The thing about this seven, three and one run is that we lost to some really shitty teams, including the God forsaken Montreal Canadians. Yeah. Not only that, man, like, Okay, the Montreal thing just pisses me off because you know what? You can't even. This isn't even a trip to Montreal fans, and I wouldn't even dare because they pretty much own us at this point. Because yeah, how, how can you say they don't own us mentally when the team that beat you in the playoffs embarrasses us? It's the rivalry of all rivalries: English versus French. I mean, it's right there in the making, and we lose it. Typical Leafs game seven. You play them, and then they still beat you. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, but even more so than that the back-to-back Buffalo losses, including the heritage classic, like to lose to Buffalo twice. Like they are a shit team. Yeah. And Vancouver, like Vancouver is, is almost everything, but eliminated from the playoffs, Montreal, Buffalo, and when, uh, sorry, Montreal, Buffalo, and Vancouver, all teams not making the playoffs are the only teams to leave philosophy in the last 11 games. Is that not crazy? I've made my feelings about Vancouver known, but yeah, it, it is, it is actually bullshit, but you know what it is? And <laughs> Mama walks hit it on head is we play down to our competition. Like we play to whoever we're playing, man. When we play the good teams, we step up Carolina, like comes in, Florida comes in big state in the game. We dominate Boston, even though it got chippy in the end and we almost did blow it, but uh, dominated that game. Fuck the Bruins. But when we play shit teams, 
we turn to shit. Like we just let the other team kind of set the mentality and pace really of the game. Okay. So here, here's what it is. You have the loss of Montreal, Boston, sorry, Buffalo, Vancouver, overtime loss to Arizona. Enough said, but then you beat teams like Dallas, Carolina. Um, oh, there's also, there's also a loss to Nashville um, and Florida and Boston. Like these are the top of the league teams that they're handily beaten. I mean, a clear shutout against Dallas. Dallas might be the hottest team in the West right now. Maybe not, not including Calgary. Yeah. The great fucking Cal. I actually like Calgary because my girlfriend has family over there. So I cheer for them, but man, just the overall, just uh wank that they're the greatest team, but I mean, they are pretty complete, but yeah, I mean, you're, you just read out those teams' names. It's exactly what we were talking about. Like they just either play up or play down. Like it's just kind of crazy. And those games that we went to against the teams you're talking about are great games to watch. Like the Leafs look like a complete team in those wins. It's just like, you're just always, okay, this is what it could be. You're like, yep, we play like this in the playoffs. We're good. And then you're like, okay, uh, next week is Montreal with this guy playing his first game. And this guy, and you're like, okay, so it's in the stars. We're losing. Fuck. Oh yeah. Typical Toronto, Toronto fashion. You let your fans down when they're the cockiest. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we learned I'll after last year, you and I. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So I'm still, I'm still, there's a little part of my heart that still hurts from last year's playoff loss. Yeah. Um, I definitely haven't recovered until we win the, like until, well, possibly game one of the playoffs and the excitement hits, but right. Yeah. Right. When you get sucked right back in, we lost um, to Montreal, man. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> we have it's written in the history books forever. Um, want to talk quickly about the Boston game because it's still fresh in the mind. I watched the Boston feed, so I, I, I you know, I stream Why almost everything. Why would you do that? You know, like I always think it's nice to get perspective, right? Like maybe not the Homer perspective of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not that uh, who is it? Like Craig Simpson and uh, the other Joker. Um, Whatever, like sometimes you listen to these guys and they're very unbiased when it comes to Toronto. And there's other guys you listen to, especially like Joe Bowen on the radio, super leaf fandom, you know, Go. but I, I, I'm always kind of curious, but what I fail to realize is that when you watch another team's feed, you're going to get their homers yelling in your ear. But one thing rang really true. And I, I haven't realized it about this version of the Toronto Leafs, which was when the Leafs have the puck, they're a very dangerous team. And when the Leafs don't have the puck, they look like a bottom feeder team. I'm paraphrasing slightly to what the the uh, Boston announcer was saying or commentator was saying, but it rings true. Toronto, when they have the puck, are lethal, maybe the best in the league. Without the puck, they fucking look like Kim Bid hockey, and it's so scary. Well, I'm never going to give compliments to the Boston broadcaster. So El Jefe with that point, yes, I understand it. Um, and it kind of comes back to actually the previous episode where we were talking about just the terrible goalie situation at the time and we'll get back into, but I kept bringing it up and then you brought up as well that the Leafs in front of the net are providing no support, just that coverage. Like, and it rings true to what you're saying now, like without the puck, yes, they are a shell of themselves because offensively and specifically that first line, incredible with the puck, like amazing hockey to watch. Yeah, I, I would even say the first two lines. I know the the second line is like in Charles Sports Radio right now. It's like all the rage to pick on the second line. I don't really think the second line is doing a bad job. I don't even think like yeah, Nylander has been kind of shit lately, 
but he's still not that shit. Like he's shit, but he's not that shit. And he's our shit. And you know, the thing is you always think your shit doesn't stink as bad as somebody else's. Maybe it does, but right now the Nylander shit isn't that bad. No, I, yeah, I completely agree with you actually. And it's a good problem to have on my end. Cause I'm just being a, a whiny fan. It's that the fourth line is the worst line for us. And that's saying something like we're a good team in the fourth line. Like, yeah, they need to fucking step it up. But I mean, they're the fourth line. I mean, you're, you're playing seven to eight minutes a game. You only get so much ice time. You need to prove yourself or we've got about five guys that are going to rotate those three spots. You're going to lose your spot. So totally. I agree with you. You know what? It's true that they need to start producing, but yeah, they love to harp on uh, like Nylander, typical leaf whipping boy right now. And yeah, he's, he's shit. He's not producing. He's shit at the moment. And that's why he's put on the third line. Like he just needs a kick in the ass because we all yeah. know Nylander at this point, like at this age, he's a really gifted, sick player when he turns it on, but he just kind of loses focus. It seems like he just becomes a bit lackadaisical and just like doesn't not, I'm not going to say doesn't care, but it's just like he, he just turns it off for a bit. He'll find it yeah. again. You just got to hope that he finds it for the playoffs. But like, yeah, he needed that kick in the ass and he's down on the third line. And I mean, he scored tonight in tonight's game. We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens with this game. But well, you know, Willie's he's a stud. There you go. Yeah, and, and you know, Tavares scored too. Spoiler alert. Yeah, right. And I mean, even though they're not playing on the same line, JT's having a quietly good year. Nylander is is on pace to break his career best. You know, like actually, I would say most of the Leafs players. I, I would say definitely the most expensive players on the team: Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander, and Morgan Riley for that matter are all having career years. So it's hard to get mad at that. It's just, we're nitpicking because everything they do is under a microscope. Let's 100%. move on. I, and, and I have a oh. love affair with Morgan Riley too, man. I mean, that guy is playing amazing, but just quickly, I just want to agree with you that, yeah, except for this goaltending situation going on right now, the addition of Giordano, he has looked great in the Leafs sweater so far. Again, we'll talk about it later, but like the, the team, yeah, you're right. The Leafs player this year, we're, we're a good team. We're going to almost set record team points, and it's still only good enough for third, potentially. It's just the salary cap and a really tough, uh, I want to say AL East, because we yeah. also have Jason on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. All right, I want to touch on the, the uh, Heritage Classic for a bit. Um, I was Dude. there in person. Yeah. Um, how did it look on, t- on TV? Sick. It looked like a good game. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could tell the size of Hamilton, but I mean, it was good, like great. And, and I like the Toronto arena, like that dark blue was a sick Jersey. If yeah, they had won T. the game, I would have bought merch. And now almost like the white ones that we played in where we lost, it's almost yeah. soiled because I haven't bought it pregame. So it's like, right. Well, I, I, being there, the energy in the crowd was definitely there, but the weather took me out of it a hundred percent. Really? The weather, it was so cold. When we got there, we were optimistic and still warm from being inside the car. Um, <laughs> but we, we, about, I'd say, um, halfway through the second period, I'd taken my vape pen and vape halfway through the game hard. I, I was like turned into the, the Montreal Canadian jewel, jewel guy who <laughs> was outside fucking tweaking because I was so cold. Like I had to numb the pain a little bit and, uh, Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, Ontario, the birthplace of the Tim Hortons franchise, is all, all over the world, including like something like 3,200 locations in Canada alone. Tim Hortons Field offered only a small black coffee. That's his tradition. 
fucking like <laughs> drop the ball, drop the ball, drop the ball. So disappointing. It was kind of cool. I think that's the closest I ever got to Wayne Gretzky, and we were about fifty yards away from each other. Mm-hmm. I winked at him. He had no idea what I was doing. It's like, who's that guy in the front row with the glitchy yeah. eye? <laughs> that guy following you for the rest of the game. That was security. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I shot the guns. I'm like. And everyone's yeah. like, okay, he's got a gun. <laughs> I've actually never seen a game there. The only time I've ever been to that field was uh, Keith Urban concert with Meg. And we actually met up with Rankin too. And uh, mm. partner. Angry <laughs> Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Angry Matt. So um, I didn't know this, but um, when they, when they converted the field from um, when Ivory wind to, to Morton's field, someone told me they changed the orientation of the stadium. Is that true? No, I have no clue. Uh, I'm, see, an, I'm, an Ar- I'm an Argo fan, bro. I don't, I don't <laughs> care for the podcast. Anyway, okay, <laughs> let's move on. Okay, Heritage Classic, <laughs> it was cool. I didn't pay a cent to go, and that was yeah. the most amazing part of it. It was a cool experience, but um, the game was shit. Like, you could barely see anything, and the game was shit. Fuck you, Peter Mrazek, for ruining my dreams. Okay, cool. Moving on. Uh, the emergence <laughs> of one Eric Schalgren. Is this maybe the Maple Leaf happy story of the year? Kid kind of comes out of nowhere. He's won a bunch of games for the Leafs. He's actually given some hope between the pipes. Give me Boz take, and maybe Mama walks if you got one, on Eric Schalgren. Goalie to uh, the stars. You know what? I mean, the kid's been good. and I don't want to like disrespect him by almost saying for, for who he is or for what he is, but it, the kid's been good. Like He came in the biggest talking point in the most heated hockey market that everything like you just said five minutes ago under a microscope. And this kid, who is fourth, fifth on the depth chart from Sweden, comes in and provides steadiness. And that's what we needed at the time. That, that's all we needed. I don't like the fact that he got the shutout and everything like that's sweet fairy tale. That's sick. And, and he's kind of um, not, not gone downhill, but, but kind of averaged out to where more leveled out. Yeah. yeah. Leveled out. And then, um, but again, you know what? He's won more games than lost last time I checked. And then he's done the job. So, yeah. I mean, it, it worries the hell out of me uh, like tonight that him and Hutchinson are the Maple Leafs two goaltenders. That that worries me. As well, let's core, get into <laughs> let's get into the whole goalie. I, at one point, I wrote down on a note it was a goalie debate, but I had to change it no to debate. the situation. Not that it's like some early two thousands Guido on MTV, but the situation right now that the the goalie the Maple Leaf goaltending situ, situation is is the craziest I think I've ever seen. Jack Campbell and Morazic supposed to be the A1, uh, sorry, uh, 1A and 1B tandem. I think they've only been at tandem for like 20 games of this season. It's been absolutely wacky how it's gone. The Leafs have had four goalies play, five goalies. Hutchinson's probably going to get a start in this little ring that he's on. They're going to have five goalies play this, this year, none of them really being the number one. I mean, yeah, Gentleman Jack had a good start to the season, but has fizzled hard, and we all know that. Hopefully, it was injury related. But this situation with the goaltending is so crazy. Not to mention the the Finnish goalie that they picked up at the at the deadline that then went to go clear waivers, and then Arizona said, "Fuck you! You left us with this dirtbag Nick Ritchie. Now we need to fuck you over." And here we'll take Harry Styley or whatever his fucking name is um, in the waiver draft. Like it was so stupid. Unfortunately, it happened. But what are your thoughts on the situation right now between the pipes? Okay, well, first off, just want to shout out because I just saw it over the wire that Nylander got a career-high 62nd point. So he is having a sick year, even though he does have his typical down points. Now, back to goaltending. Yeah, 
Campbell, it, it's funny how times have changed, man. How many people were wanting to give the long-term contract to Campbell when he was an absolute stud in the All-Star game? And he was sick. And we were talking about it. We were going to ride that emotional, everybody loves Jack Campbell, nicest guy in the world. I still like him. I am holding out hope and going to have that mama walks optimism. I am her son that it was injury-related. And, yeah, he is not going to go back to that form. Like, that was... I think just more of a one-off, but he is going to go back to an above 900 good goaltender. Like that's who he is. Like he, he is very emotional and rides the waves of the game and kind of the vibe that he's getting from the crowd and his teammates. And, but when he's on, I mean, you can tell with the team, how comfortable they are. Like the, the power play, the penalty totally. kill, the face-offs, everything in the defensive zone, the defense tightens up around him because you know that he's going to be that stonewall, even though sometimes he's a little out of position. And like you said, the, the puck either goes in a big glove or lower side, but you know what? He's good. And Mrazic, I mean, has just been a failed experiment. Like he seems like a really good guy. I have no ill will to Mrazic. I hope he gets um, healthy, but another groin injury, he just hasn't been there it was supposed to be a 1A, 1B, specifically because of the contract we gave him and how tight we were to the salary cap. So it just hasn't worked out. At this point in the summer, like, it's nice, but get rid of him however you can. Offload that contract. And you know what? If we have to go in next year and, you know, Campbell signed to a relatively, I don't know, we'll, we'll see depending on what happens in the playoffs and what's going to happen at the end of the year. But with Wall or, or Shalgren or, or maybe a rookie, someone behind him that can kind of learn and get some experience, why not? Because this 1A, 1B thing hasn't worked out. And it was okay because Campbell was literally carrying the goaltending and defense on his back when he was playing amazing. So we weren't missing Mrazic when he was out. It was kind of like, a, dude, Campbell's playing this sick and we're going to get Mrazic, who's a pretty good regular season goaltender uh, history-wise. Not bad. And then injuries poor performance and after new year's has been a complete goaltender debacle i think just like in the 80s of like yeah, i mean it's crazy yeah it's 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 the worst case scenario for toronto goaltending the only worst i worst thing and i hate to say it is that jack campbell who they've put a lot of stock into and the team seems to play well in front of had a more serious injury like we didn't really hear what the rib injury was uh but i can't imagine any rib injury being like easy to deal with. Right. So when you look at something like that, yeah, especially with goaltending, just think about the movement and how quick and like the fact that they're tur- like just the, the reflexes. And I, I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to be something you need to recover from and take your time. And hopefully, I mean, they're saying he's going to be coming back soon, which is a positive because we're definitely going to need him. I mean, Shalgren is carrying the load so far, it seems like, but we, we need our number one goaltender going into this year. Like if we want any playoff chance, we do need Jack Campbell. I agree. And I, I think he might be the only steady goaltender we could have. I'd hate to put the pre- pressure on Shogren. I'd, I'd hate to do that because I, I don't know how he would react. I just don't know enough about him really to see, to see if he could handle that kind of workload. The idea of uh, Hutchinson playing again this year blows my mind. Because honestly, I th- I thought for sure he would just be kind of forgotten. But this is also the reason they gave him that contract, just in case. You know, a little bit of mentorship down in the A, but also worst case scenario, we have an NHL caliber goalie that we can throw into the mix, which is what he's there for. So I'm yeah. on. I'm okay with that. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a serviceable quality because, and you brought it up before, absolute fucking scumbag move by Arizona for the Sateri thing. And totally. I hear that it was multiple teams, so it's not just them, whatever, and Ottawa was one of them. But give me a, a break. Like, these non-playoff teams, it's just complete bullshit. I understand it's legal system. I'm being a hater, whatever. Yeah, okay. But there's just no need for it. And, man, he would have – I'm not saying, like, a 32-year-old guy who's been out of the NHL for however many years and plays in the Finnish league is yeah. going to be. But he's a body like Hutchinson who we just need. Like, we need someone with playing time in the system. And it's just like, yeah. you do these moves, you're going to go play in a university stadium, and you just shit bags. Oh yeah, it's it, it's so it's so silly. On top of all that, other outside of being an nephew, what could why would Arizona? This guy has eight games in the Florida system, um, in his career, and you look at that, you're like, okay, I mean, he's obviously turned his career around. Something's happened because he won a gold medal. Okay, fantastic news. What all teams had the opportunity to sign him. Everybody had their chance to sign him. At least pick him up. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Arizona's like, oh, us, 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 please, yeah, we'll take them. Or and even if it's multiple teams, like, fuck all those teams, really. Well, and I mean, it's bullshit that he shot to waivers. Yeah, well, I mean, your buddy uh, Steve Dangle, I think, was saying that he was talking to one NHL executive, and there's like, people love fucking over the Leafs just for the the jokes yeah. of it and being Leaf haters. I completely believe that. I don't care what you think 100%. of me for believing that, but I 100% believe that. I mean, it's bullshit. Like, I would brought it up before, the fact that in the last five years, we are in, like, the bottom three of the league for penalties being called, while Colorado yeah. has been first all five years. And we're the, pretty much the only team to never get above, like, 28th. Penal- like, what Austin Matthews is going through this year, it's absolutely ridiculous. There is bias against the Leafs. I don't give a fuck. And yeah, you know what? Yeah. It's not the bias that makes us lose in the playoffs. I'm not going to have excuses because we are the makers of our own undoing. We know that as Leaf fans, but there is a fucking bias. Yeah, totally. All right, Bob, I'm going to throw these numbers out to you, and I'm going to ask you to guess what these numbers represent. Okay. 17. That is 17, 9, and 3. Do you know what this record could be? <laughs> 17. <laughs> no, what? What? 17, 9, and 3 is the Toronto Maple Leafs record against playoff bound teams this year. Oh. That's a fucking great number, dude. I was trying. Did you have because you said seventeen automatically? Wendell Clark, okay. And then I'm thinking, who's number nine? <laughs> then, then you turn it, finish it off with the three, and I'm like, okay, so it, it's a win loss thing. Okay, what month this year were we that sick? So wow, against playoff now, so we play up to the competition, man. That's right, and I mean that just goes to show. Also, I love this number for a, a playoff matchup too. I mean, we already talked about like, yeah, they, they beat Florida. Was Florida's backup okay? Whatever it is, what it is both teams were kind of playing with the backup, anyways. But I love I love the wins against Boston, of course. I mean, it's only the first matchup with Boston, and Boston just is this weird team. Like it's hard to understand. Like Boston is almost in the Toronto scenario, except older, but the same issues. The defense core is pretty decent. The front name, like the names, are there. I mean, they're a little bit older than what the least core is, but both have this exact same situation, which is shit goaltending. 
I feel for Boston uh, almost almost one no, percent, but no, no, you don't yeah, feel you're for right, them. You're right. You're right. Man, I don't they, feel they, for them at all. Yeah, like they picked up defense. They got more solid. They actually got younger this year, and Boston was going even shittier before the moves they made. So if they got better. I don't like that at all. And <laughs> maybe besides Tampa, I am not worried about facing any of these teams in the playoffs. Now, do I think that there's a big chance that we'll lose Game Seven style? Man, I'm worried all the time. <laughs> but you know what? I don't think these guys are necessarily worried about us. That's fine. I'm not worried about them either. You want to bring us Boston on in the playoffs, Florida? Like, let's go. We've shown, and you just said by the record, like we can play up. And, and if we get any type of serviceable goaltending, and Campbell can just win us one or two games, but be an actual starter with the way the rest of the team's playing, like, let's go. Matthews and Marner have to continue this into the playoffs finally. Like, they're on such a heater. They've grown up so much. Matthews is using his body. Like, this team, Giordano is honestly a great addition. So this team Totally, and I think he's going to resign too. Yeah, like, this team's way more complete defensively. Like, we're going to get Muzzin back. Like, it's pretty solid where we are. Okay, Bob, let me ask you this. Does it weird you out that the Leafs have more losses to non-playoff teams than they do to playoff teams? Yes, of course. But that is the scariest. And, and that goes to they play down to, to lesser opponents. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's almost like a Leaf stack. Any it is a Leaf stack. <laughs> it's exactly that. But any year we have a winning record and we go into the playoffs. If you told me, Hey man, that year we actually had more losses against non-playoff teams than play. I'd be like, Oh yeah. I mean, I get it. Probably. We probably played Ottawa, Montreal shit teams. Buffalo. And, yeah. Uh, the Buffalo, my boss is Buffalo and he went to the heritage class too, man. I haven't heard the end of it. I have like, what do I <laughs> frustrating? Just remind him <laughs> that that was a home game for Buffalo, right? Buffalo's future home, Hamilton, Ontario. All right, moving on. Let's. We already <laughs> kind of mentioned it a little bit, but let's talk about the super mega bond between one Austin Matthews and one Mitchell mm-hmm. Marner. Um, you said it earlier. I have to agree. They are on. They have bonded better than ever. I don't know if it's all the time hanging with Justin Bieber or what, but these guys are super bros right now, and it shows in their play. I know they always talk about the throw around they do at the at the end of warm up, and they play for, you know together for an extra two minutes. And every now and then you see Bunton or Mikheyev, uh, Mikheyev uh, out there with them. I love it because you know it's really the dynamic duel of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Malcolm and um, Malcolm and Crosby, the Taze and Kane, whatever dynamic duel you have in mind, Korea and Solani. These are the guys of Toronto's folklore. I couldn't be happier about it, but touch, touch, just let's go tip to tip on this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, buddy, inject that stuff right into my veins. I mean, I love watching the Leaf Blueprint. I mean, I'm reading all the behind the scene articles. I love that camaraderie, that that team stuff that you see them just hitting the soccer ball afterwards, everybody joking around. Like you see them on social media, they just go out together as a group. Yeah, your best buddy should be on that team because of the amount of time that you're spending with that lease organization. Like those players are pretty much family. Think about all the hours that you put in together. So I love to see it. They are absolutely on fire this year. Like Marner is on a here. I don't have his points where people are saying like the crazy uh, 
whatever it is since he came back, but on the season, right? He's 28 goals, 48 assists for 76 points. I mean, he's, he's worth the money, the contract that we gave totally. him. Here, here's what it, the totally. truth is. Everybody that's a Leaf fan gets pissed off at him because we're living vicariously through him because all of us think there's no way if we were an NHLer and drafted by the Leafs that we would take them to the cleaners. It's his right, and he did it, okay, and it's done with, and he's playing to that contract. It's amazing. So just absolutely sick. The fact that Matthews is going to be a 50-goal scorer, like, I, I mean, I love it. It might happen tonight. It might happen. Yeah. To, I might have to change the artwork already. Yeah. And I have this great artwork in mind. Yeah, shout out to Mikheyev, who you brought up before as well. That guy is having a season this year. Scored again tonight. Give the, yeah. the Leafs a you know five two a five three lead over uh, Winnipeg. Uh, Mitch Marder, twenty eight goals. Probably he, he'll probably hit the thirty thirty five goal mark by the end of the season. Uh, forty eight assists. You know he he might get to. I would even say sixty assists on the season. I don't think that's out of reach um, for him. And that puts him at like 90, 90 points, ninety five points at the end of the season. Great total for him. He, if he hits a hundred points, it'd be, I mean, it would just be another cherry on the cake. But if he didn't, I would, if he hit the 90 to a hundred mark, I would be more than happy about that. McDavid just hit a hundred and he's maybe the most elite player in the league. So, man, I started a new notebook, so I can't go back, but I feel like I undervalued his point total in our predictions. I can't wait till the future episode when we go back to it. Oh, he's got his there, but I, I want to. I don't know if I had him going over ninety points, and I feel like an absolute fool. <laughs> uh, please, I think I wrote it in my other notebook. Okay, no problem. So yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to recap that like we always do every year. But we'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, Austin Matthews. I'm just to say, like, let's say maybe by the time this recording comes out, he's at fifty goals uh, and thirty-eight assists. Uh, sorry, 36 assists. I don't know if he got any tonight. Puts him at 85 points right now. Uh, I love the idea of him hitting 102. He's he's going to break the record, barring an incredible slump or an injury. Uh, knock on wood, of course, that doesn't happen. But Austin Matthews, another career season. This guy, I keep stacking it up. It's hard not to make him my my stud bud every week or every, every episode, but man, this guy, I'm so happy. We didn't pick Patrick Liney. I'm so happy. There was never a chance. That was all media driven. There's no way. And whatever line is kind of settling into who he is as a player. And he's a pretty good serviceable scorer. So good. He but but he, there's he's never a top a six on any team in the league. Yeah. There's never a chance. Austin Matthews is in serious consideration to, to be one of the, like the best player in the NHL, obviously McDavid, there's some stiff competition, but this guy has grown into his body. Like he's getting a bit of that man strength. He's not getting pushed around as much. Like he just looks stronger on the puck, him and Tavares and our third and fourth line. Like I, I don't know what we are now, but last pod we were first on faceoff percentage. So it's not just about the scoring this guy's doing. Like his defensive play is way better. He's back checking all the time. He gets pissed off when guys, uh, kick our guys around. I love to see it. Like it's captain material from this guy. I just want him to sign a long-term contract and I actually get more and more confident as time goes on that he's going to, I actually do. And I agree. He's going to, he's, he's going into leaf lore. Like he's going to go down as serious. I mean, if he stays here for his whole career, he's probably going to be maybe the greatest leaf all time. 
Like there's going to be the numbers. Yeah. Like there's going to be the Wendell Doug. Like there's, you're always going to have the stands and the leaf that their favorite player is their favorite player. And there's going to be, but yeah, stat wise, point wise, and hopefully accomplishment wise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, could be goat, and he almost already is. I, I think, I think hardware for sure. Yeah, hardware for sure. He'll he'll be the most decorative leaf of all time, and if and if he's part of a team or leads a team to hoisting the cup, it will probably cement him and a whole generation of kids being named either Austin or Matthew. Um, and it's just it's just gonna happen. Like it's. This he's good enough to be the all-time greatest leaf, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I used to be hung up on the fact that he was American, and I don't give a shit anymore. So no, honestly, you know what? It almost works in his favor because he's the perfect poster boy for the NHL. Fashionable, totally. just like nice, and he's a superstar American from the Southern expansion, specifically Mexican heritage, crossing the border. Like it's just Gary Bettman's wet dream. He's just pissed that he's on the Leafs. But of course, <laughs> all right, let's, let's get into it. We're at the time of the episode. We're going to get into our buds and duds. The, the players that have probably won us over and pissed us off the most in the last 30 days. Bob, would you like me to start? Yes. But which one, what category are you going with first buds? I'm going to go positive with the buds okay. and I'm going to go with one of my Italian brothers newest to the team, lifelong oh. Leaf fan, Mark Giordano. <laughs> I love you. You are spicy meatball. I love you so much. I Listen, I feel your pain with the hairline. I get it, bro. But the calmness, the steadiness, the steady – the breakout pass alone – you have won me over. I hope you sign with the Leafs, uh, a one or two year contract. I want, like, you know, whatever. I don't give a shit. Whatever you want to do, as long as you're in blue and white next year, and you're able to maintain this. Because honestly, I have no idea what's going on with Jake Muzzin. Uh, but that aside, it's not the big hits. It's the steady play, the um, ability to calm the blue line, regroup, and fucking make a breakout pass. Oh my god, I never knew how much I needed it until now. Uh, yeah, absolutely insane. And you bastard, you took my pick. I, I was so excited. Yeah, I sure did. I've been just so happy with his play. Yeah, he's steady. Eddie. I think I think we're reaching towards the end of Muzzin's time with the Leafs. And I, I think his NHL career, but that remains to be seen. But I think that there's going to be some questions asked in the offseason about his future. And then, yeah, dear Daniel, I really hope he resigns. Just I couldn't agree with you more. And yeah, the breakout pass. I mean, I have his name circled. I have breakout pass point for him. So yes, I agree. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, you didn't know how badly we were missing it until you saw it. And yeah, you're well, that was an element we totally were missing on our team. So I'm a big fan of it. I'm very happy that, um, that we got him for, for almost nothing like a second rounder. Fine. Like not to say second rounders aren't valuable. They are. But how many second rounders have the Leafs draft in the last five years that are going to give you what Mark Giordano gives you right now? None. None. No, I, I can't I, think I of any. Sec- yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, just alone, the steady presence that he brings on the back end. Like, I've brought this up multiple times over the years. There's nothing I love more than barely noticing defense in the best way possible in games because they are just doing a solid job. I do not need flashy defensemen. Yeah, I'm boring the shit out of you. I get it. 
but you know what? We have Riley, Sandine. We have guys that can step up. Brody makes some amazing plays, especially when he just dives. Labushkin, Labushkin's been the biggest, there. the biggest. Yeah, he has been honestly the best surprise too. Um, you know, not to bust my nut too much, don't get, but like, don't let's move on. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So okay, my, give me your first stud. Yeah. Yeah, so my fr- my first bud is just to completely take this guy away from you being able to take him is Austin Matthews, AM34. We just talked about him. I barely choose him because he's already gone off the board first by you. It's true. But it's 49 true. goals, I mean, the first since what, Rick Vive probably in the 80s to get over yep. 50, like just incredible. No, he, Dave Anderchuk. Dave Anderchuk. Yeah, Anderchuk. Okay, yeah. damn. I thought so. Okay, so just incredible though. I mean, the guy is, we, we just talked about him for 10 minutes straight. I'm not going to go too much into it, but yeah, as long as he can continue this performance, bring it into the playoffs. I, I mean, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. hundred percent. Couldn't agree with you more. I love him. I didn't even put him on the list because he almost needs to have his own category. The dick is hard with him and we are stroking it gently. Yes. <laughs> yep. We are. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Now, I can't wait to see your face explode when I say my next stud. My next stud, my next stud most improved on the team, Pierre Engvall. Super happy with the way he's played over the last month. The man has somewhat played with his size and his speed. His forecheck has been insane. He's got he's netted a couple goals. I've been really happy with the turnaround at least over the last thirty days from one Pierre Engvall, number forty-seven in your program, number two in your hearts. Yeah, the speedy giraffe. Sure. Yeah, the speedy giraffe has been great. Um, definitely improved his play. I mean, we just need a little bit more stepped up from those lines. But I mean, he, he's always noticeable on the ice. Like you always see forty-seven yeah. and him skating. So, I mean, the hustle's always there. And yeah, he's definitely improved. So why not? Let's give him his kudos. He gets to be a bud stud, whatever we actually end up calling it. We always flip between. And you know what? I'm just put the most games where the game is either out of hand one way or the other for the Leafs. You see him out there and he's not doing, he's not doing bad. He's, he's out there, he's eating ice time, but he's also be, he's more defensively sound now than I think he has been in a while. And I, I got to bring this up every time. He's a fucking seventh round pick. Yeah. I'm you know, it's not too. like 11, 11 goals, 12 assists. Like, so good season for, for exactly for uh, such a late draft. For a third, fourth liner. Yeah. I mean, come on. Definitely kudos. He does make a lot of money for a seventh rounder, though. He makes like one point one point five. He does make a lot considering, but hey, I'm you okay make to it to the show. Thing. You can make a mill. All right, give me what you got for your second bud. Uh, yeah, so Ilya Mikheyev. I brought up his name before, but after the gruesome injury, the parent trade request at the start of the season. The fact that this guy was not not a laughing stock, but definitely a punchline to some jokes that he could never put the uh, puck into the net, and he just always got the breakaway. I mean, this guy before tonight's game, it was 14 goals. He's on an absolute heater for a third fourth line. He's so fast, maybe one of the fastest players in the entire NHL, because there are few guys that when he gets behind them, they can turn and keep with him or back check and keep with him. He gets those breakaways and it's just, is he going to put it in or not? And this season he actually is. And it's such a a steady improvement where you can talk about, and I feel with confidence, he can play games on the second line. If Willie's not performing, like they can be switched. He's been on the second line, two games now. Yeah. And two games he's played on the second line and he's deserved it. You know, he worked hard. Don't forget. He missed a ton of games already this season as well. Like he has definitely upped his value 
in a contract year. Now, with whether he's with the Leafs or not next year, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But the bottom line is, one hundred percent, McCabe will be at NHL next year. He's earned his spot in the league, and right now he's playing on a top six. Uh, he's a top six forward on one of the best teams in the league. Good for him. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I mean, th- those beauties, forehand to backhand breakaways or semi breakaways that he's had the last couple of games, just beauties, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's real fun to watch, man, when he's on. You did steal my, my third uh, bud, which I'll let you have because I would like to welcome brand new Toronto Maple Leaf to Dudville. Sorry. Budville, <laughs> Colin Blackwell, yeah. been very impressed with the speed of this five nine, tons of speed, not afraid to throw a body check. The kind of rough and rowdy guy you want on your team for a playoff run. Very happy. I think he'll find a great spot on the fourth line, probably teaming up with uh, Kyle Clifford uh, come playoff time because I don't think the wing train will make it um, into the ro- onto the roster or onto the ice come playoff time. I mean, he still may. But I think I think Blackwell and Clifford will probably be there instead, um, which is too bad. What is what it is. But I think he's played very well as a, as a brand new Leaf. Um, he's already had his first goal as a Leaf. He's already a household name, which he couldn't do for the last like three or four seasons. I mean, he did have one good season in New York, but um, I'm very excited to see what this guy has to offer, and hopefully, we can keep him in the lineup and producing. Yeah, he was a pleasant surprise thrown in with that trade. And I mean, he has been a great fourth line addition. He's exactly, again, what we need, almost what Giordano brings on the back line. It's a steady presence, veteran leadership. I mean, he's had man games in the playoffs. He knows what it's like. If we can get more and more of those guys who have been under uh, pressure and succeeded, all the better for it. Like, I mean, that's what our young guys need. That is not what they have accomplished yet is one thing missing. So yeah, he is a great addition and yeah, a couple of those names may be in uh, the segment coming next, but Blackwell fantastic. And yeah, he definitely uh, depending on the price line and everything, I, what, what is his contract? Like, is it up at, after this year? I, I can find out for you. I don't know offhand right now. All right. Put him on. Why, the why don't you give it? Why don't you give us your third bud and I'll look into some Blackwell stuff. Okay. So my third bud is just going to be Mitchie Marnes. Okay. Uh, because I haven't chosen this guy a lot and I was really hard on him for the contract. And like I said, because we live vicariously through him, even though I'm older than him, which is sad, but <laughs> I mean, he, he's a team Canada Olympic quality winger one of the best wingers and assist men in the league and he is helping the guy who needs pretty much his own segment like you said have a breakout year and be one of our only 50 goal scorers i mean this guy is pretty much in the future going to be a 90 to 100 point consistent uh player just fantastic to have on our team and you know what i just i want these guys to succeed i want them to win some playoff rounds to get that confidence and to keep maturing because they are possibly going to be some of the best players we've ever had. I like it. Just to uh, sum up on uh, Mr. Blackwell here, uh, he is. A, this is an inspiring contract year for him. Okay. Uh, his cap hit is at seven fifty. Um, but you know what? I like him enough. I like him enough to see what he has to offer. Uh, we'll see what he, he has in the last twenty games of the season. Go from there because I am excited. Plus, yep. anybody who's going to work hard, anyone's going to be blue collar. I'm on for it. Like, like you give me a good grit grinder. I'm going to be happy. Oh yeah. I mean, like we've, we've said before too. I mean, Toronto 
Leaf fans are a sneaky blue collar fandom. Like you look at the players that we love: Darcy Tucker, Ty Domi, Wendell Clark, Oh, shit. Dougie. What, no, Dougie. No, okay, we get, we get, we get. Yeah, Wendell yeah. Clark, Gary Roberts, Dougie. Like we like those. You know, the farm boys, the workhorses. Like those are the guys we cheer for. We relate to because I mean, you look at the suits, and that's why it's quiet in the the fandom because all the real fans are us at work and we're talking with coworkers and buddies and we're just, you know, buying the merch and it's just, it's what's spending the money, spending the money. (laughs) Why we're number one. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Sweet. Um, Okay. So let's get into Dudville. Unfortunately, these are the players that really didn't do too much for us over the last 30 days. Um, I'll keep the ball rolling. We mentioned him earlier. It pains me to say the Wayne train. Fuck you. You, you went first because you you knew we both had him. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, you know, like I we can we can probably find it, agree with why we're not like his play. Honestly, looking lost, becoming a little bit of a liability. Who knows what's going on? I mean, I'm sure he's got a lot on his plate either way. Um, what I really hope for is that um, maybe a couple games off maybe a little bit of rest, maybe whatever he needs. And he just gets hot. Maybe nets a goal feels good about it. Maybe, maybe he will crash in that and do something wonderful and just has a turnaround. But as it stands right now, it pains me to say Simmons is, is just not doing it for me. And honestly, I, I have, I had, I think we all had high hopes for him, but not finding a home on the third or fourth line is scary for a guy with a thousand games in the NHL. Yeah, he uh, – here's the truth is that Simmons, Wayne Train there is getting older. And not only getting older, but almost advanced past his age because he plays that – like Wendell Clark, Dustin Brown, you know, Owen Nolan. Crash and bang. Yeah, exactly. Like you just put – I mean Ovechkin's an absolute freak and a one-off who apparently it doesn't affect, which is just crazy. But, I mean, the wear and tear that that guy has put on his body and those injuries, man – for a guy that we want to fight, hand and wrist injuries, and especially at his age and his history previously with injuries, I mean, the writing's on the wall. I hate to see it because I've always liked Wayne Train. I mean, it's a local guy. He's won Stanley Cups. Like he, he was, still is, if he can, one of the toughest guys in the league. But I think that we're kind of seeing the tail end. And I agree. The addition of Blackwell almost cements for me that he's pretty much out of the lineup. Unless injuries or happenstance or something, he plays a game or two and and plays well and it becomes consistent and he, and he makes a spot for himself and reignites. I don't personally see it. And yeah, I definitely, even though I knew we're getting tail end Wayne Simmons, we're not getting prime Wayne Simmons. I right. still I still had high hopes. Well, we had the Spezza case. Hopes. Yeah. We had the Spezza case and we're like, well, Spezza signed he's a and he's been, well, you know, he's the best of all time. Leaf legend. All right. Give me yeah. your, I, I stole your number one. Give me your, your number two, man. Uh, actually it's going to be Kyle Clifford. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I don't know. It's, it's that guy's tough for me to have a spot on this team. I know he's actually played okay the last few games. So when I made this note, it was a, a bit more relatable, but I just felt like, especially with the addition of Blackwell and just kind of how the fourth line wasn't performing because in reality, what I have, even though it's, it's his name, what I really have is the fourth line. And I was trying not to be one of those where, because sometimes we do that when we kind of run out of who to talk about instead of individuals, but they just need to step it up. And like I said before, it, 
it's a good complaint to have where I'm kind of reaching in duds where my big one was Wayne train. I do have another guy, but it's just, I, I just need them to step up. We just need yeah. it, especially with the, how the goaltending is. I mean, the defense is sure up. So I feel a bit more confident, but yeah. And, and on that note, we already beat this guy um, really hard already. So not to beat a dead horse, Peter Mrazik is my second dud. Obvious reasons broke my heart during the winter classic. Um, I just, you know, it's fuck. I, there's nothing else to say other than this just wasn't good, a good fit. And we'll see where this third injury of this season takes him. But I got to imagine he might've played his last game in elite uniform. Yeah. I don't think I can't see him coming back. I honestly, I, because why, why would you bring this guy back? He, I, I, I'm afraid to look at his numbers. I, I have to just, I have to look at his okay, numbers. Okay. So yeah. So while you look at his numbers, okay. So, so this guy was obviously the other guy I had, and I'm glad that you just brought him up because him and Wayne train were the big ones. So Mrazic, I already went in before it's, it's been a failed experiment. Okay. We thought based on his history as a good regular season goaltender, almost a sometimes flashing great regular season goaltender, he was going to be a serviceable one B. It hasn't worked out. We are a really tight salary cap team in a really harsh salary cap world. And it sucks to say it's only going up a million next year. So that 3 million or 3.9 or whatever he's making is very important. If we can find a serviceable, cheaper veteran backup, and if Campbell's the what we decide to go with, or possibly these young guys, then you're right. I, I think, especially with these groin issues, I don't know what they're going to do, but they've got to try to offload Mrazic. And this might lead to deeper questions, especially with Campbell, if we don't play down this stretch in the playoffs of literally what we're going to do goaltending to start anew next year because we're all going to be left wondering what the hell are the options out in the market. But for right now... Yeah, I don't – I mean, this the, six weeks out with another groin injury for an athletic butterfly kind of small goaltender is not Only a good 30 form. years old. Exactly. So, like, I'm just not confident with him where if you tell me – like, if, if Campbell comes back to form and Shalgren is his backup, okay. Like, if you're going to be like, dude, uh, yo, crazy. They actually decided to go with Shalgren over Mrazic. I'd be like, yep. What a fuck! Why, why like, didn't you at this point? Okay, yeah, exactly. Here it what is, are, Peter Mrazek, six two, um, twelve wins on the season. So the Leafs have what was it, forty um, forty five wins, forty five wins. They've got um, uh, forty two, forty three after tonight. Okay, so let's say forty three after tonight. Peter Mrazek is responsible for twelve of those. Yeah. Okay. A goals against of 3.34 and a safe percentage of 8.88. These are hard numbers to digest for your 1B. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. And you know what? I, I've brought it up before. I hate contracts, but in his case, I mean, he is paid like a yeah. 1B. He's a million and change under our supposed starting goaltender. So it is a 1A, 1B goaltending. And 12 out of 43 wins with those save percentage and those numbers. Yes, not worth the money. No, I agree. All right, um, go ahead. Give me another dud. No, I, I don't have oh. one on me. I had Mrazic circled. I mean, because we were going to kind of, I want to end duds with goaltending. Yeah, well, I mean, we can leave it at that. I, I had Spets on there as an alternative just in case we, we over, overlap. You know, I agree. Listen, I agree. Listen, I don't like it either. He, for me, what it's looked like is I, I don't know if it's just this point of the season. But 
Spezzy hasn't looked. Spezzy hasn't looked great. Has just hasn't looked great. I'll just leave it at that. You know, uh, yeah. it is what it is. No, I, I agree with you, man. I hey, I've been critical of the bottom six lines this entire, and he, he's part of that. I I love Spezza, and I'm possibly going to buy a jersey still. I say that pretty much every month, so probably won't. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like the step up, step up to the I, streets. I just I want to pull out some uh, Shogren, uh stats uh, after Shogren. tonight. He'll have his his um his fourth win, and so he'll have, he had four wins, goals against average of four, uh, sorry two six four, a save percentage of nine eleven with one shutout. Um, I just, the happiness that he brings to me is just, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The happiness, but I will say confidence he brings over Mrazic. I mean, and, and dude, the worst part is Mrazic actually looked okay after going down waivers, not being claimed, coming back with the two games, like looked like, okay, we might actually have Mrazic play, but the injury just blew it. So yeah, Shalgren definitely serviceable, and we just need Campbell to find the in between of his high and low this season and do something. That's right. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be what he was at the beginning of the season. He just has to be better than he was. Hundred percent. All right. So we're at the final stretch of the season. We've got 50, about fifteen games left in the season. Um, they, the Leafs, they play all of April, and I'm curious to see where we are at the end of the month. The next time we're recording will probably be at the end of April. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to run down quickly here, give you some names here. We got Philly, Tampa, Florida, Dallas, Montreal, Buffalo, Washington, Ottawa, Islanders, Philly again, Tampa again, Florida again, Washington again, Detroit, and then we end the season on the 29th of April with Boston. Boston. Yeah. All right, so 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 games. Where are the Leafs going last 15 games of the season? Give us give us a bold prediction. Well, I mean, man, a bunch of – because I'm looking at the schedule here too. Like a bunch of winnable games like Philadelphia. We've already proven Florida. We've already proven Dallas. That Montreal and Buffalo game should be winnable games back to back, but that's just a scary situation for us as Leaf fans, honestly, seeing that on the schedule. Washington, I mean, they really don't scare me, even though OB is still sick. And then Ottawa, Islanders are nothing to write home about. So with Tampa, dude, with 15, I'm going to say. I'm going to go slightly optimistic and go one more than my heart says. I'm going to go 10 and five. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to say nine and six just to worry some, but I'm going to say, fuck it. We're actually going to get some solid goaltending. The boys are going to be on a heater to kind of prove the haters fucking wrong. We'll go 10 and five. I like it. And you know what? And that's what I was thinking too. I decided to change my last minute, nine, five and one Um, price is right rule. You know, you know, I think they're going to probably split most of those games against those top teams like um, like Boston for sh- Boston. I don't know. Boston's going to be a hard one to call, but they're definitely losing to Montreal twice. So Montreal and Ottawa, they'll probably lose to those two teams and they'll probably split the Tampa series and they'll probably split the Florida series. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm hopeful for nine, nine, five and one, I think for the last 15. Yeah. Like we just need to, we need to win the winnable games. Like, 
Philly right now and Ottawa, whatever, Buffalo, I, I want that game. I want that win. That, that, Fuck, man. They are need a, game, but that, that is a big game for us as a team. They need to beat Montreal, Ottawa, and Buffalo to end the season just to get those monkeys off their back. Yeah. Really? Like yeah. just just if you lose to Tampa one or two games, that's no shame. That's defending back to back champs you're losing to. There's no shame in losing to the champs. I think you're gonna split those series anyways. But if you fucking lose to Montreal as a tune up to the playoffs, if you lose to Buffalo, who's yeah, they're playing pretty good, but if you lose to Buffalo, Montreal, and Ottawa as a tune up for the playoffs, you're gonna fuck me. And you're gonna fuck me without a fucking condom with your fucking AIDS dick, and I'm gonna fucking hate it. And you're gonna do it. <laughs> I love this team. Don't don't do that to El Happy, but I will tell you that the the three games I have scheduled on my calendar is obviously Montreal on a personal note, my rivalry with my boss, Buffalo. <laughs> and then the last game of the season against Boston, because yeah. I, that there could be a chance that, that could be, have huge implications for the playoffs that game. And we also need to just kick their ass again, even if we're not playing the playoffs, just yeah. send a fucking message to Boston. Yeah. And just let them know, like you guys can enjoy this and just leave it at that. Sure. I mean, I would love it if, I mean, if even if they got hot and won, 13 out of 15 games i would still be nervous because it'd be like did you guys just bust your nut before the playoffs because i'm not ready for that like i'm really hoping that's not the fact yeah. uh, even but even if you know even if they skid into the playoffs and they end up in the wild card playing carolina i'm not even disappointed in that because i think freddie's gonna fucking crack uh yeah i completely agree with that and i think well freddie's gonna crack hey eh? but i think if we get serviceable goaltending, this team, you can definitely see them on these like kind of five game stretches. They're going four and one, whatever, three and two during them. Like this team's capable. We've got the special teams, the face off, everything going for us. So let's go. Why not? Stretch. My man, let's tie this episode of Leap Edition up. This has been a heater, man. One hour of just pure solid gold. Yeah, I love it every time, buddy. Love recapping the Leafs. You're kind of my main buddy kind of sports talk too. We've got a few out there, but uh, yeah. And if my phone dies, yo, peace, everybody. <laughs> love it that I'm recording <laughs> on it, but yeah, just a great episode. And uh, I'm, I'm going to remain positive. Like there is, like I said, that looming shadow of the playoffs. We've got to get out of the first round, but I'm just going to try to ignore that thought. We, we, Perfect. That theme is out. And yeah, we're going to go 10 and five. We're going to win the games that we're supposed to. And we're going to kick the shit out of Buffalo, Montreal, Boston. All right, Bob, before I let you go, could you get us a mama walks quote at the end of this, when the season's done, when we do our bold into the playoffs predictions, when we do that, can we get some mama walks? Yeah, of course. And a uh, spoiler alert, it's probably going to be on the positive side. That's what I'm talking about. Mama <laughs> walks. We love you. Thank you for listening. If you made this all the way through, thank you for listening. Ball Walker, take us home, baby. Yeah. Peace, everybody. Much love. Check out mustard coming out soon. And uh, that's the end of the lease. Fuck me, right? Peace. <laughs> yes.